January 16th, 2024, we're in Masechet Berachot and Daf Kaf Amud Aleph, at the very bottom of the Amud at the Mishnah. Mishnah says, Nashim va'avadim uktanim pturim mikriyat shema umina tefilin v'hayavin batefila u'bamezuzah u'bibirkat hamazon. So this Mishnah brings us into a conversation about those who are exempt from some mitzvot and those even who are generally exempt from some mitzvot are nonetheless obligated in others. Says the Mishnah Nashim, of course, reference to any woman, any Jewish woman, Avadim. Avadim over here, we're referring to Avadim Knaanim, not an Avid Ivri, which is a Jewish person who had to sell himself into slavery, but rather a non Jew. You might say, if a non-Jew, what relevancy do they have to mitzvot? The answer is they are obligated. We do a partial conversion on avadim kna'anim, and they're obligated in mitzvot like women. The Gemara Masechet Hagigan Daf Dalid records a Gezer Shavat, the famous Gezer Shavav La La, um, which connects avadim kna'anim to women. The same mitzvot women are obligated in, so too are avadim kna'anim. So those two really are coupled together. And lastly, ktanim. Ktanim means children. What sort of children we can and could be talking about two types of children, what's called a katan shehigiyat lechinuch or katan shelohigiyat lechinuch. Have they hit this age, the stage of six, seven years old, where they now obligated either their parent or they themselves in being educated to the mitzvot? Are we referring to even younger than that? We'll address that briefly. It's a mahlok, a dispute between Rashi and Tosafot over here. But briefly stated, the Mishnah says each of those three, Nashim, Avadim, and Knaanim, are pturim, are exempt from first, Kiryat Shema, and Tefillin. And we're, we're defining patur as exempt? Exempt, Just, not obligated. How do we know when it means exempt and how we know it's patur of al-asur? Well, patur of al-asur is only going to be in the context of Shabbat. When we say patur, it's in the context of Shabbat, it's forbidden. There's no reason per se, according to the Gemara, to forbid uh, women or, or anyone else in these mitzvot. When it comes to a berachah that's where there's a conversation about women. When it comes to shemirat for tefillin, that's where there's a conversation. Rama quotes from um, Maharam Mirotenberg and others uh, from Kolbo. But uh, from the strict letter of the law, the Mishnah is not addressing that. It's only addressing obligated or not. A great question. Rashi, uh, let's begin with this. Rashi on the right-hand side here, five lines from the bottom of Dafkaf, writes, Nashim va'avadim uktanim pturim kriyat shema. He explains, Shehi mitzvat aseh she'azman gerama. Kriyat shema, of course, is time-bound. It's b'shok bechav kumecha. It's in the night and in the morning, and as a result, Kayim Alan Bikidushin, the Halakha is in the Mishnah and Masechet Kidushin, and Afkafteta Mudalef, the Nashim Turot Mideoraita. Women are exempt from the Torah on mitzvot aseh, positive mitzvot, shazman grama, which are time-bound. Utfilin, and Tfilin as well, Nameh, mitzvot aseh shazman grama, it's also considered positive and time-bound. The Savar, because our Mish- Mishnah is going with the opinion Laila v'shabbat lavzeman tefillin ninhu. That indeed is how we go, the halacha, even though there are different opinions about this, that tefillin are not an obligation at night, nor on Shabbat, and therefore that makes it time-bound as well. Okay, briefly stated, kiryat and tefillin, women are exempt, as are avadim knaniim, because they're connected to women, and all hayuv and petur mitzvot, from tefillin and kiryat they're both 
positive time-bound mitzvot. What about a katan? What about a child? Ktanim. Afilu, writes Rashi, katan shihigi'at lechinuch. Rashi is saying a chidush over here. The Mishnah is not merely talking about children below the age of education, below six or seven years old. Even if they're above that, they're still exempt from Kiryat Shema. But they're higiyah Shouldn't it be on the father to educate that child? And indeed, Tosafot will disagree with Rashi on this point and make the claim, based on uh, several sources and logics, that when they arrived at the age of education, they're obligating Kiryat Shema. Why does Rashi say that even then they're exempt? Very important lines. Lohitilu, the rabbis didn't place upon al-aviv lehanecho They didn't obligate the father uh, to educate the child in Kiryat Shema. There is a very important mahloket. Uh, earlier in our Masechet and elsewhere between Rashi and Tosafot about who is obligated in this mitzvah of Chinuch, who's the mitzvah upon. Rashi over here makes clear his opinion, it's on the father, not on the child. Okay, but that being the case, why not? Why is this not an obligation of the father to the child? Writes Rashi, because the child is not always present at the time of Kiryat Shema. That's a fascinating statement of Rashi. Rashi is defining the obligation of Chinuch, of educating children, that it be done in the proper halachic way. Do you understand? In other words, the child can say the words of Kiryat Shema. The child can be involved in the mitzvah. He's not per se going to be awake at the proper time, a detail in this mitzvah. Therefore, he's entirely the father is exempt from that chinuch. That's very telling in a larger conversation, a more broader uh, issue. And that is that Rashi is making clear to us, it's a notable Rashi for this, that the mitzvah of chinuch, and it's a it's a chinuch in turn for parents and their education of children, is to be done at the highest level. You're educating the child to do this mitzvah as if they're a grown-up. It's this Rashi and several other sources, notably Ritva and Masechet Sukkah and, and others, that Be'ur Halacha, that lead many poskim to caution parents, fathers, from buying for their children pasul sets of Arba'at uh, Aminim. Someone will say, well, this lulav, this etrog is not kosher, let me buy it for my child. Rashi is making clear, don't do that. If you're not doing the chinuch in the appropriate way, then you're not doing chinuch at all, it seems to be his claim. So even though the child could say the words of Kiryat Shema, the fact that it won't be bizmano, generally speaking or consistently, that in turn exempts the father yeah, but from this. Where's the educational aspect of it? Let's say you have a little sefer Torah, a little fake sefer Torah that you, your kid plays with as a toy. That's not a mitzvah chinuch per se. That's a general chinuch lana'ar. That's not a chinuch in the mitzvah of Torah. Over here we're talking about a chinuch in the mitzvah of Kiryat Shema. A good point as well. It uh, continues the Mishnah and it says, uh, Okay, umin ha-tefilin. Why are children exempt from tefilin? Rashi. Mishum destam katan eno yodea'at lishmor gufo shelo yapiach bahem. Rashi quotes from the Gemara elsewhere, Masechet Sukkah, that a child generally speaking, won't be able, capable of being in full control of their body, they might uh, pass gas while wearing the tefillin. Therefore, even when he's he shouldn't be, or at the very least, he's, the father is exempt from educating him in the mitzvah. Does that mean that a child cannot? Right, back to your question from before him. Generally speaking, we assume not that way. Many many communities have a custom to, for the bar mitzvah boy to wear tefillin before their bar mitzvah. 
some communities from the age of six or seven. I think Yemenites historically would do so. Regardless, that's the two statements in the Mishnah thus far. Kiryat and Tefillin, women and Avadim, Mitzvah Dasesh Azman Grama, Ketanim, a Kiryat because they won't be able to get all the details, Tefillin, because they won't, won't be able to be Shomeret Kufam. However, in contrast, says the end of this Mishnah, the Hayavim Bitvila, they're obligated, Avadim, Knani, Avadim, Nashim Avadim and Ketanim, Bitvila, Tefila, of course, is the Amida, Shmona Esre, the 19 Berachot that we say, standing up. Uba Mezuzah, and putting a Mezuzah on doorposts in the home. Ube Bekata Mazon, and in, of course, Ve'achalta, Ve'salata, Uverachta, you're blessing God after eating bread. What would be my thought to exempt women, slaves, or children in any of these? Rashi, and the Gemara afterwards. Hayavim Bitfila, writes Rashi. Ditfila Rahamehi. Because tefillah is a request for mercy. This will be the line the Gemara will um, uh, quickly uh, quote. The Gemara will say, why would you think that women are exempt from tefillah? Maybe it's considered like a mitzvah Why is it not? Because it's a request of mercy. Women need that as well, continues Rashi. And tefillah is rabbinic in nature. And the rabbis established it for women and children as well. Those are very important words from Rashi. Rashi is stating that tefillah is only rabbinic in nature. Before making our way to read Tosafot, it should be noted just at the onset, Harambam, in Perek Aleph of Yochot Tefillah, and Nesiyat Kapayim Halacha Aleph makes clear, Mitzvat Ase Min HaTorah. It's a positive mitzvah from the Torah. He derives it from the Pasuk, Ul Obdo Bechodevavchem. It's a Gemara in Masechet Ta'anit and Daf Bet, which quotes from the uh, Midrash, Ezohi Tefila Shibalev, Ezohi Avodah Shibalev. What does it mean to worship God in your heart? Heveomezo Tefila. Ramban Nachmani, who defends the other approach, says that Derasha is what we call an Asmachta. It's uh, the rabbis leaning on a Pasuk. It's not the true intention of the Pasuk. Tefillah is only midrabbanan. So it's a mahloket, a fundamental one between the poskim about the nature of tefillah, which has many important ramifications for both with regards to men and women. Sfaradim will be divided on this matter from Ashkenazim. Sfaradim assume tefillah is from the Torah. Ashkenazim midrabbanan. But first, um, uh, in, without getting into that, Tosafot on the right-hand side, was a state, well, maybe we'll address these, this Tosafot when we get to the Gemara, even though it's relevant at this point, we'll read it in the Gemara, they're really commenting on the first words in the Gemara and Rashi, but that should be noted from Rashi. Uh, onward in Rashi, Ube mezuzah ubekat amazon, mezuzah mitzvat aseshelo azman grama, mezuzah is a positive mitzvah which is not time-bound, of course, it's on the home to have a mezuzah at any time and place. And as a result, the Gemara will ask, Peshita, of course women are obligated to mezuzah. Why would you have thought otherwise? We'll deal with that in due turn. The question the Gemara will be whether is a biblical or rabbinic obligation for women. Well, the Gemara will say, And the Gemara will answer, in order for a woman to fulfill the mitzvah for a man. Can a woman say, A man listen and fulfill his mitzvah? Maybe only if it's deoraita. We'll see that in the middle of the Amud and downward. Says the Gemara, Kiriachima Peshita. Kiriachima, that women are exempt from it as our slaves. That's simple. 
Mitzvah ta'aseh she'azman geramahu. Of course, the Gemara is only addressing women and slaves. It's not addressing children. But it's questioning. It's a positive time bell mitzvah. V'chol mitzvah ta'aseh she'azman geramah, nashim p'turot. And any positive time bell mitzvah, women are exempt from it. Mahu detema, says the Gemara, maybe you would have thought, thought to say, women are obligated in Kiryat Shema. This would be an outlying law, not like the general pr- principle. Ho'il, since v'itba malchut shamayim. Since included in the Kiryat Shema is the acceptance of the uh, yoke of heaven, meaning Kiryat Shema is not just stating, it's stating and accepting the oneness, authority, and involvement of God in my life. Therefore, maybe an, an acceptance of the mitzvot as well, maybe women who are certainly a part of that, they'd be obligated in Kiryat Shema. Kamashma'lan, the Hidush here in the Mishnah is, no, even though there's Kabbalat Omachut Shemaim, which women, of course, are a part of, they're not obligated in Kiryat Shema. Continues the Gemara and says, Umina Tefilin. Questions the Gemara. Peshita. Peshita means this is simple. Of course. Uh, what do you mean, Peshita? What's a simple and of course? As Rashi told us in the Mishnah, Tefilin, we're working with the opinion that Tefilin are not to be put on or not obligated to be put on at night, nor on Shabbat. Mahu de Tema, maybe what you would have thought to say is, Ho'il v'itkish lemezuzah. Since Tefilin, there's a hekesh, to mezuzah. Hekesh is the principal methodology of the hachamim, in which if a pasuk or two pesukim are adjacent one to the other, one after another, we uh, learn laws from one to the other. And in Kiryat Shema, in the first paragraph, it says, Ukshatam le'ot le'totafot ben a reference to tefillin. The next pasuk is, Ukhtavtam al mezuzot betecha bisha'arecha. That's what you call a hekesh. Mezuzah being the second, tefillin being the first. <clears throat> Maybe the fact that the Torah um, puts those two mitzvot, one after the other, it's teaching you that women are obligated in tefillin just like they are in mezuzah, kamashma'lan, that's what our Mishnah is teaching us not to do so. Why not? Why shouldn't we do so? Maybe that's the proper thing to do. Maybe you should make such a hekesh. Or well, the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin on Daf Lamedalit deals with this at greater length, and the Gemara over there points out that tefillin are mentioned both in Ve'ahavta, we call that parasha Rishona, and in Vahayayim Shamoa, we call that parasha Shenia. Now listen to the ordering in parasha Rishona. It goes like this. Right, that's mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Next, so Talmud Torah number one. Next is Tefillin, Ukshatam. And next is Mezuzah, Ukhtavtam. So what I have is Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzah. Women are not obligated in Talmud Torah. So I can take Tefillin, I can make a Hekesh backward to Torah to exempt them, or forward to Mezuzah and make them obligated. Now listen to Vahayayim Shamoa. How does it go in Vahayayim Shamoa? Um, it goes from Tefillin into Talmud Torah. Only then does it say, <coughs> which means to say in the second parasha, we again have a Hekesh, we have Tefillin being placed next to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, but this time it's blocked off. You have to jump over a mitzvah to get to its Hekesh, to its connection to Mezuzah. Says the Gemara, that's why we equate Tefillin to Talmud Torah as opposed to uh, Mezuzah. That's what our Gemara is not not revealing to us the Gemara there in Kiddushin and Dafna Mindalit does. Continues the Gemara, it says, But women are obligated in Tefillah. 
says the Gemara, because they are a call for mercy. Continues the Gemara, maybe you would have thought, since the Pasuk says that David, in the Mizmor in Tehillim, as he's running from Avshalom, his son, he seems to describe prayer as being morning, afternoon, and evening. Maybe that's a description of all prayer qualitatively being. It should be considered like a positive time bound mitzvah. The Hidush over here is that it is not so. Yes? Okay, says Rashi, Right, Rashi, those are the words of our Gemara. You might recall that the Gemara said about Kiryat Shema, Peshita, it's simple, it's Mitzvah Taseh Shazman Grama. How come the Gemara by Tefillah didn't say Peshita? It's simple that women are obligated in Tefillah. Dehalav deoraitahi. Explains that Ashi, since this is not a Mitzvah from the Torah, therefore it wouldn't be simple that women would be obligated. What does it mean? Tosafot on the right-hand side writes, Virashi lo garasle. Rashi doesn't have those continued words and those original words in our Gemara that tefillah would be simple. Shahare tefillah de Rabbananhi umay mitzvat ase In other words, there would have been no reason to think that tefillah would be an exemption for women because it's a positive time bound mitzvah. Since it's a mitzvah midrabbanan. Let me repeat again. Rashi is telling us that his opinion of tefillah being rabbinic in nature, therefore means of course women are obligated. The only time women are exempt from a mitzvah, if it's positive and time-bound, is if it's a biblical mitzvah, such as shofar, such as lulav. If it's a mitzvah midrabbanan, such as tefillah, certainly women are obligated. Therefore, the Gemara wouldn't even have a question. Well, you would have thought it's a positive time. Who cares if it's a positive time bound mitzvah? Tosafot questions this. Um, <coughs> Tosafot questions this. Umikom akom yesh liyashev dehahalil derabanan benashim pturot mahayta amad mitzvah ta'aseh shazman geramahu. Tosafot questions this from the statement of the Gemara and Sukkah and Aflamidhet that women are exempt from halil even though it's a rabbinic Mitzvah, because it's a positive time-bound mitzvah. So as Tosafot, clearly, when it comes to even a mitzvah midrabbanan, if it's positive and time-bound, women are exempt from it. That's the question of Tosafot on Rashi. Do we understand? Let's state that one more time clearly so we can open up one or two extra points on this. Rashi's explanation to our Gemara, he has a different girsah. He takes words out of our Gemara because he says... The conversation that we've been having by all these mitzvot, well, maybe it's positive time out mitzvah, maybe not. That doesn't begin over here. When it comes to tefillah, since it's rabbinic in nature, he believes there's no sourcing in the Torah to petition God. It's a beautiful thing to do, but it's not a mitzvah ta'aseh from the Torah. Therefore, there'd be no reason why women would be exempt. Mitzvah ta'aseh shazman grama only applies to mitzvot min ha-Torah. Tosafot says, but maybe not. What about Halel? Halel is only midrabbanan, and nonetheless, women are exempt because it's positive and time-bound. The way that uh, oftentimes you can resolve this for Rashi, and many of the Aharonim suggest, is that there is, would you know it, by Halel as well, a dispute and a debate 
what the status of Halel is. You see, Harambam and Ramban Nahmani again have a debate about Halel. Harambam does not record Halel as one of his 613 mitzvot. In Perek Hanukkah, Harambam explicitly states that Halel is only Midrabbanan, and that would be in accordance with the assumption of Tosafot. However, Ramban Nahmani, defending many others, suggests and claims that Halel is a mitzvah from the Torah. If it's a mitzvah from the Torah, maybe that's what Rashi's opinion is over here. Rashi maintains that Halel is different than Tefillah. Tefillah is Derabbanan. In his opinion, Halel is min ha-Torah. Where do you have sourcing for Halel from the Torah? Ramban Nachmani has several clever suggestions. One, less clever than the other. He says it's a halachal Moshe Misinai. Alternatively, he suggests it's a part of the mitzvah Simchat Yom Tov. Um, generally speaking, you have to rejoice on the holiday. Part of that rejoicing is crying out in song to God. And thirdly, he cites from the Pesukim by Korban Pesach that it's Kelel Hitkadesh Hag that you're supposed to have a certain song connected to, at the very least, the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. And he cites, it's interesting, Az Yashir, but Az Yashir isn't per se a mitzvah that it's Kelel Hitkadesh Hag, that you're going to be singing as you do Korban Pesach. He cites the Gemara in Pesachim on maybe Dafkof Yodzain, where it's that, how could it be that you're doing Korban Pesach and holding your lulav and etrog in your hand and not singing out in joy and in praise to God? In other words, it's part of those mitzvot, so to speak, but it's a mitzvah from the Torah. Lastly, without addressing this, although it is questioned, if I'm not mistaken, it's called Tosafot Ri. Uh, I th- even though I think it's misattributed, but there is one of the early Tosafot uh, sources on this Gemara who, who questions Rashi based on this. The question of Ra- on Rashi is that um, what about the statement of the Gemara in several other places? The Gemara in Megillan Dafdalet, the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat and Masechet Pesachim, that women are obligated in. Megillah, women are obligated in, in Erot Hanukkah, women are obligated in Arba Kosot on Pesach. Why? She'afen hayu bo'oto hanes. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi has a novel interpretation to why women are obligated. Afen hayu bo'oto hanes, they too are part of the miracle. According to Rashi, you shouldn't need such a logic. According to Rashi, women are obligated anyway because it's a mitzvah midrabbanan. Clearly, there's no mitzvah in the Torah for Arba Kosot, for Erot Hanukkah, for that's a strong question on Rashi, which opens up questions and developments that abound. But back to our sugya, again, the Gemara says there's a chiyuv of tefillah for women. The question is, in general, whether tefillah is midrabanan or min ha-Torah. There are many significant ramifications. Once we accept that it's only midrabanan, according to Rashi, it means women are obligated in tefillah just as men are. And that means that women would be obligated in three prayers every day. It would mean that women are obligated in the same text of prayers, generally speaking, uh, it would appear. According to Harambam, that their tefillah is in the first place, a mitzvah ta'asem from the Torah. And in turn, the amount of prayers is only rabbinic in nature. The way we generally articulate this is women might not then be obligated in the amount of prayers or even in the words of the prayers like men. They're obligated on the biblical level, which is higher than an Ashkenazic woman, but in terms of the particulars, not the same way. They need to just match the mitzvah asem in ha-Torah. They need to have shevach bakashan hodah, the proper structure to prayer, but they don't need to do it per se in the same way. There are major conversations and details that are relevant to this 
which we can and will address later in the Masechet, but good to have in mind already. Continues the Gemara, Uba Mezuzah. Women are obligated in Mezuzah, where two, four, six, eight, ten lines from the top. The second word on the line, Uba Mezuzah. Or the fifth, fourth word on the line, Uba Mezuzah. Says the Gemara, Peshita. It's simple, women are obligated in mezuzah. It's not a mitzvah asheshaz man garama. It's an obligation at all times and all places on your home. Maybe you would have said, Since mezuzah has a hekesh to Talmud Torah, maybe women would be exempt. That's what the Mishnah is teaching us otherwise. Women are obligated in Birkat HaMazon. Isn't that simple? They're obligated in Birkat HaMazon. What's positive and time-bound about it more specifically? Maybe you would have thought to exempt women to say that they're not obligated. Since the Pasuk says, with regards to the man, what does the Pasuk say with regards to the man that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given you? God has given you... He gave you meat at night to eat and bread in the morning to eat. A reference to the Slav, a reference to more specifically the man. Maybe that is the prototype. Maybe that's the example, the paradigm of all bread and bekatamazon that we should envision. Anytime you eat bread, it doesn't feel like it's positive and time-bound per se, but... A man was, maybe all Berkat HaMazon should be seen as that, Kemitzvah Ta'aseh She'azman Gerama. After all, the Pasuk says, V'lechem Baboker, Lisboa, Lisboa Milashon Ve'achalta Ve'savata. The Pasuk which describes making Uverachta, Berkat HaMazon says, you'll eat and be satiated. Over there as well, it says, God gave you bread in the morning to be satiated. The fact that it says in the morning by man, might suggest to us that all eating bread, anytime you're saying Berkat HaMazon should be envisioned like, Eating man, there's a tremendous musar in that, by the way. It means that every time I eat, I should, so to speak, be imagining it as if I'm eating the man, to the extent that you might even exempt women and say it's positive and time-bound. Kamash ma'lan. Kamash ma'lan, the Mishnah is telling us, don't go that far. Does that mean don't go that way at all? I think not. I think the vision, the perspective of the rabbis in between the lines over here is in place. Although we don't go so far as to make halachic decisions based on imagining every bread that we eat as if it's the man, we nonetheless have a musar from that. Every time I sit down to eat a meal, how do I imagine that eating of the meal? Do I imagine it as just gluttonous, hedonistic pleasure and desirous fulfillment? Or do I alternatively see it as an opportunity to receive it and to understand it as a present from God like the man? The Gemara in between the lines is hinting to us this is something we should be striving for. Mentioned earlier this week that the Pasuk says Mikra Kodesh in Parashat Bo with regards to um, the first and seventh day of Pesach. Rashi says, What's Mikra Kodesh? To be Kore Kodesh on Ma'achal, Mishte, and Kesut. The eat and drink and clothing, very physical, very material, very this worldly, is a challenge. See it through the lenses of Kedushah. Every time you eat bread, I believe should be, if we can reach there, the same as well. The Gemara will later on in Daflamid Hay tell us that you're not allowed to eat until you make a beracha. Suda Adam lehanot min ha'olam You're not allowed to get any benefit from this world until you make a beracha. You want to know the concept? The concept is turn your eating into a man-eating. Find, realize God in present in this as you're about to quote-unquote indulge instead of in the full indulgence, see it as a connectedness moment. Continues the Gemara. Amar avadabar ahava nashim hayavot bekidush hayom debar Torah. Women are obligated in kidush hayom. Kidush hayom, although it sounds like daytime, hayom means for the day of Shabbat. 
It's the Kiddush we make on Friday night. That's the mitzvah from the Torah. The mitzvah from the Torah is Rashi's side from Zachoret Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho, interpreted by the rabbis as not only mentioning or remembering, but mentioning with Kiddush. Happens to be rabbinically speaking, we make a derasha of Zachor Zochreu al Hayayin, the Pesukim like Nazkira Dodecha Miyayin, for example, in Shir Hashirim. We do it with wine, but it didn't need to be and doesn't need to be per se on wine. It could just be with words or through prayer. That's Kiddush Hayom, the mitzvah Asef from the Torah. Isn't that a positive time bound mitzvah? Kiddush women, says Ravada Barahava, are obligated from the Torah in the mitzvah of Kiddush. Now, the Kiddush in the morning is what we call Kiddush Arabah, just Bore Priyagef, and it's rabbinic in nature. At night, a mitzvah taseh from the Torah, why should they be obligated? Ma, says the Gemara, am I? Why is this so? Mitzvah taseh shazman gramahu. You only say kiddush on one day during the week. When's that? Shabbat. That's a positive time bound mitzvah. Vechom mitzvah taseh shazman gramahu nashim pturot. Mishnan kiddushin on daf kafte teaches us women are exempt from positive time bound mitzvot. Amar abaye midrabanan. Abaye suggests, Ravada barahava meant that women are obligated in kiddush only midrabanan. So it's Gemara, but wait a second. Were you listening to his words? Abaye, come on. His words were, oh, let me read them one more time with you. You couldn't find more clear words that he means from the Torah. It's very nice. If he didn't use those words, you say, oh, he only meant rabbinically. The rabbi's obligated. No, no. Amale Rava, Rava turns to Abaye and says, are you listening to yourself? Do you listen to the words of Rava? Veha, quote, devar Torah, unquote, ka'amar. How do you read the old and furthermore, Abaye? If that's the case, why would the rabbis uh, draw the line at Kiddush and say, well, women are exempt over here, but rabbinically speaking, they're obligated? Maybe all positive time bell mitzvot, o mitzvot Rabbinically speaking, you can make the same angle, same say, use the same angle, and use the same argument and say, women are obligated in Lulav, and obligated in Shofar, o midrabanan, you have some reason why Kiddush is different? Maybe they're obligated in all mitzvot, midrabanan, even when it's mitzvah ta'aseh shazman grama. Ela amarava, rather rava with the winning statement and claim, uh, says, amar kera, the pasuk in parashat yitro, the first time, the aseret ha'deberot, the Ten Commandments are recorded in the Torah, says, zachoret yom ha-shabbat lekadesho. The second time in Sefer Devarim, parashat vayit hanan, it says, shamoret yom ha-shabbat lekadesho. Well, which one did it say in the aseret ha-deberot? Of course, nobody knows. What did, well, what did God, so to speak, say? Well, uh, we're going to have an amazing tradition over here in a moment that they were both said at once, but what did it say on the Luhot, where it says, Kola Devarim were written on them? I'll tell you, we might know. We might know. The Katub Bahim, we say in the Tefillah and Shabbat, Shemirat Shabbat. We talk about Moshe Rabbeinu holding the Luhot, and it says, Katub Bahim, Shemirat Shabbat. In the book, Emet Le-Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Al HaTorah, he suggests maybe that's a sourcing that it said, Shamoret Yom HaShabbat LeKadesh. Alternatively, Ramban Nachmani in his Perush Al HaTorah suggests otherwise, it doesn't matter for our purposes. It matters that the Torah records two separate words as to what was said at Har Sinai. Which one was said? First and foremost, we make a claim that anyone who's obligated in Shmirah is obligated in Zechirah. So let's scale this back a moment. Again, the Torah has two separate words. Which one was said? So the Gemara Masechit Shivuot as well, if I'm not mistaken, on Daf Kaf says, now, the, a mouth could not speak this, and an ear can't really hear it. It's an amazing, miraculous thing happened. God said both Shamor and Zachor prophetically to the people at once. Okay, 
That's number one. We call that, even though it's not really a hekesh, hekesh we said earlier today, is when two pesukim are one after the other, we call that a hekesh, uh, hekesh of shemira and zechira. Okay, uh, what does it teach me? It teaches me anyone who's obligated in one is obligated in the other. Okay, so far so good. What does it teach me? What do they mean? Well, zachor in the eyes of the rabbis means positive mitzvot. Mention Shabbat. Shamor, safeguard. The negative side, the prohibitive side. Women are obligated in all prohibitions. The principle is mitzvah ta'aseh man grama, a positive time mitzvah, women are exempt from. If it's mitzvah lo ta'aseh, they are obligated across the board. The Mishnah says in a Masechet Kiddushin, it's a derasha elsewhere from Pasuk, but the principle for our purposes is women are obligated in all prohibitive sides of Shabbat. Like what? Like the 39 Melachot on Shabbat. So as a result, says Ravada Barahava through Rava, Anyone who's obligated in Shamor, the prohibitive side, meaning even women, Yeshno is obligated as well, in Kiddush. That's the mitzvah ta'aseh of Shabbat at the very least. These women, since women are obligated in Shemira, they are obligated as well in Zechira. Two final points to address. Firstly, are women obligated in Havdalah? We said women are obligated in Kiddush. What about Havdalah? Shohan Aruch, Siman Resh, Sadivav. Sa'if. Or the Or the Rabbanat. Yeah. Or zero? Well, uh, that's a good question. Maybe zero. But uh, the assumption, generally speaking, is they'll be at the very least obligated in the Rabbanan. The question is... Uh, min uh, Resh Sadivav Het states clearly and unequivocally, basing himself on... Harambam in Perekaftet of Hilchot Shabbat that women are obligated in Kiddush and Havdalah in an equivalent way. They're the same in both. Why so? Because Zachor, the understanding, right, ramifications that women could fulfill the mitzvah, generally speaking, although there are other sefikot, but the mitzvah of Havdalah per se, there's a question on Borei Meor Ha'esh, separate conversation another time, but Havdalah, Svaradim, we, we generally speak not lenient on that, but Havdalah, uh, Harambam defines Zachor as Zochrehu, you're supposed to mention Biknisato Ubiisiato. You mention Shabbat both at the beginning and at the end. That's the way you do something that's significant. You have a, a ceremony, at the beginning you introduce it, this is the special ceremony, you finish it and say, and that concludes our ceremony, right? And they're both as a result of fulfillment of Zachor. Magid Mishneh, interestingly, right there on Harambam, suggests that all Havdalah is only Midrabbanah. Um, but women certainly are not obligated under the Oraita level. And in that then, case, also, they could be, let's say, men. If they're obligated on the same level as men. If, but if there's a question. Right. For men and women. If women are on the Darabana. Right. right. Um, the, that, that is a, a debate amongst the uh, post scheme. Additionally, another issue that arises in this, uh, based on this Suvia, is women's obligation in Musaf on Shabbat or on the holidays. Why would women, yes or not? Let's start with why they wouldn't. The Gemara told us why women are obligated in tefillah. Remember, it's rahameninu. It's for midat. It's for the, the the turning to God for mercy. Well, turning to God for mercy, Musaf has nothing to do with mercy. All our prayers are requests of praise. Or Musaf is a commemoration of the sacrifice which was brought. That and only that. As a result, the claim of tzlach, the Yehazkel uh, and many others, is that women are exempt. They're not obligated in Musaf on Shabbat or Yom Tov to the extent that Hacham Yosef in his early writings in Yabia Omer claimed that therefore women should not say. 
Musaf. It'll be a beracha levatalav, be hotzaat shem shamayim levatalav. Women aren't obligated, they shouldn't be saying it. Later in his life, interestingly, in his Hazon Ovadya, Hacham Vadya Yosef changed his opinion on this matter. He appealed to a different approach, a different angle in terms of uh, appreciating Musaf based on these next words in our Gemara that maybe. When the Gemara says, Koshi yeshno bishchira, yeshno bishmira, anyone who's obligated, bishmira, yeshno bishchira, anyone who's obligated in the lota aseh of Shabbat, is obligated in the aseh, the aseh includes the prayer of Musaf. In other words, our assumption based on the sugya was it's only kiddush and maybe havdalah. The suggestion is it means anything positive that's inherent and special to Shabbat, including the special prayer of Musaf, and as a result, he opened the opportunity for women's involvement in Musaf on Shabbat, uh, much as men pray it as part of their zakhor, uh, not only commemorating the Musaf uh, sacrifice, but part of the rituals of Shabbat in its entirety. All right, we'll continue with the Gemara next time. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.